Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Thing that I would just like to acknowledge already from the beginning in Psalm 75, I like the, um, um, the TPT version of Psalm 75 from verse 6 to 7. It says, this I know, the favor that brings promotion and power does not come from anywhere on earth. It says, for no one exalts a person but God the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. He anoints one for greatness and brings another down to his knees. I like it. So um, there was something that we were discussing on Wednesday. You know, we're talking about, you know, can God punish people? Can God afflict people? Um, you know, and there was a lot of, you know, thoughts and um, people were sharing, you know, their, their understanding of it. But I like what this particular verse says. It said, even when God is chastising you, he's bringing you to a place of surrender, right? So when he brings you to your knees, it's not about what you do when you're there. Amen. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Psalm 3, um, Psalm 3, verse 1 to 3, where we got the the topic, the supernatural lift in my glory, the lifter up of my head. I wanted to kind of read it, and we talked about it earlier too. Um, it says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. And then verse 3 now says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. One thing I want to acknowledge here is that the person that is actually talking is not David, but actually King David. So for me, supernatural lifting is going to look different for everyone. This guy was already a king. So what was he asking for? So if God should lift up his head, what exactly is that lifting? Is it to become king? He was already king. So that's why I know that some people are here today. They are not asking to be general managers. They're not asking for executive positions. There is something that you're asking God that in this particular area, I need a lifting. Amen. In this situation, I believe that David was asking for deliverance. He was asking for acknowledgement. He was asking for, for God to fight his battle for him. I wrote here in my notes that he was asking for vindication because this was a situation where Absalom was actually the number one enemy. His son was his number one enemy. So in that case, is it, Lord, make me arise and make me the leader of my son? That's not the prayer. So the lifting in this situation is a little different. So I want you to reflect about the lifting that you're asking God for this month. Supernatural lifting for me is not just about heights. It's about a change in position. It's about a change for good. 
uh, it's so interesting that the story of Joseph has been coming over and over again. And so when, you know, on Wednesday we're talking about the story of Joseph, I said, honestly, I think God wants us to actually study something about this guy called Joseph. You know, I believe that the story of Joseph is teaching us how God raises men, how he raises people. The story prepares us. The story prepares us for a place of, you know, what does it look like when somebody is really down and then when they get to that height that God wants them to get to, how did they get there? What did God do? One thing that's, if there's going to be a topic that I will give the, to, um, the talk this morning, it is the way of the lifter. The way of the lifter. And we've established it even from that Psalm 75 that we read that God himself is the lifter. He says he's the one that lifts up. He's the one that brings down. God is the one that is doing it. Amen. He says in Genesis chapter 39, verse 2, I thought it was interesting that God was showing us something specifically about Joseph. He said in Genesis 39, verse 2, he says the Lord was with Joseph. Where was he? Where the Lord was with him? He was in slavery. So he was a slave, and he says, the Lord was with him. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 21, by this time around, he was in prison. And what does it say? He says, but the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 23, the same thing. It was just talking about how because the Lord was with him, he prospered. Because the Lord was with him, he obtained favor. Another question came up on Wednesday when we were talking in Bible study. He said, how do you know if what I'm going through, how do I know if what I'm going through is an affliction or it is God that is you know, going through? I don't care as long as God is with you in it. So who kept you into prison? Eh, it was eh, the fathers of my father, the mothers of my mother. It does not matter, but it is God with you in it. If you are in the pit, is God there with you? No wonder the psalmist said, he says, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? He said, I will fear for you are with me. So for me, it's like, I don't care now, Lord. I don't care if this thing that I'm going through is from wherever. I want you to be with me in it. Amen. Joseph enjoyed that personal relationship with God. He enjoyed the fact that God was with him despite everything that he was going through. That's what I want. I don't know about you. When the lifter is with you, then you know that no matter what it's looking like, it's only a matter of what? Time. Amen. So what, is, what did God do with Joseph? I believe that the preparation that God was doing in Joseph, it started from within. The preparation starts from the inside. That internal growth, it is very vital to the next level. It is very, very vital to the next level. Um, I had the privilege of um, being the executive director of an organization for a few months. <laughs> and it was great. It was great, you know, to be there and everything. And the way God took me there, it was really a testimony on its own. So I thank God for the privilege. But while I was there, then that's when I realized hmm, it's not easy. <laughs> it is not easy to get to the top. 
it is not easy to get to the top. Another story for another day, but when people say that uneasy lies the head, you know, that wears the crown, it is in, it's interesting that if you're not prepared for where God takes you, it's a matter of time. Amen. So, we learned recently that treasures take time to come to the surface. It is important to understand and not overlook what God is doing in you in the midst of whatever. Joseph was in the prison. He was in slavery. He was going through all of these things. But there was something that God was doing in him. And if he was overlooking it, if he was not paying attention, he would have missed it. So, I want to put it here that when God wants to lift you, there are some gifts that are already put in you that he wants to develop. I see Joseph, he started out as what? A dreamer. It's so interesting, when I was sharing this with my husband, I said, when Joseph had that first dream, you know, he did not interpret it. He did not. It was his family members that were interpreting it. Ah, you mean you will, will bow and all of that. And then the father to say, you mean this is going to happen and then we're going to bow to you and everything. I was reading a book recently and the book was saying something. It said they actually did not interpret that story. I mean that dream. They did not interpret it right. Because if they interpreted it right, they would have understood that in that dream they were considered stars. In that dream, there was a sun, there was a moon. Is that not a good thing? They did not see themselves. He says, you see, ah, you see stars, you see sun, you see moon. These are things that are good. In fact, it, I know that book was talking about, he said, he saw sheaves. He said the sheaves, and the sheaves is like harvest. He's like, you should have seen yourself as something good in that dream. They did not even rejoice over the fact that there was something that God was saying that it does not matter what happens. Oh, you guys are big. You are huge. And indeed, they were because they were the 12 tribes. But they did not see themselves as stars. They did not see themselves as moon. They did not see, you know, it was more like a, ah, you will rise. But there was something that Joseph, too, needed to learn. You know, how can you, number one, you already know that these people don't like you. You are the one that has been reporting them every time. Do, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, you go to the, you go and then you come back and daddy, and just so you know, bro Ruben, today I saw him, he was kissing a girl. Like, you know, he was just reporting, reporting, reporting. And, and the funny thing is that they said they did not even favor him. So you know these people don't like you. And then all of a sudden, bro Ruben, I just want to tell you guys, all of you gotta, 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 gotta. So I had a dream. You told them the first one, they didn't like it. And they showed it to you that they didn't like it. Then you went again, come. I had another one. So for me, there was something that God wanted to change about even his character. It's not that maybe it's, some people are saying, oh, yeah, it was okay for him to have told you know, his dream and everything. No argument about should he have, should he have not, and everything. But there was something about his character that God wanted to change. You know, um, I'll I, I read um, a quote here. And it's not my quote, so I'll just say it. It says, Joseph was operating in his gift, but his character had not caught up with his gifting. That is why, okay, I shouldn't say this, but there are some gifts that God will give you, and some people, because they have that gift, arrogance, you know what I mean, is still there, you know, there's still that pride. And so even in the operation of the gift, it's not out of love. 
it's more of a, I've got gifts, you know. I was talking to some people yesterday and I learned some Yoruba words, you know, it's like, Iminyoki. what does that mean? I'm the mountain, you know, because why you have the gifting of God. For me, I'm like, okay, so I guess some people call themselves, you know, mountain, you know, kind of thing, because they have a gift. So what Joseph was learning is that there are some things that he needed to let go of. Maybe he thought that being able to talk down about his brothers will make him gain favor with his father. All of a sudden, you know, he was saying this, was saying this. Maybe somehow, 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 he got a coat of many colors out of, you know, reporting. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, but at the end of the day, that was not really what God was saying. You are beyond that coat of many colors. There's something else that God wants to bring out of you. Amen. So you need maturity to handle the dream that God needs, what God is given to you. And that maturity will come from a place of fellowship. It will come from a place of pruning. And I don't think we all like that, especially for me, I don't like that word pruning. In fact, one time I said, if somebody should ask me now, how are you? I'm like, I'm going through the process of pruning. Pruning is hard. Pruning is painful, but what it brings out is a matured person. Amen. It says here, um, and I'll just read from my notes, it says, God is refining Joseph's gift. He's refining his character. Character. He went from being a dreamer to somebody that was interpreting dreams. After he was interpreting dreams, he went from that to being an executor of dreams. Because if you think about it, he said something to Pharaoh, and I thought that was profound. He said, you have had this dream twice. So the fact that you have had this dream twice, Pharaoh, in different ways, it means that this thing that God wants to do, there is nothing you can do about it. It's going to happen. So this famine, it is going to happen. Now, you could have stopped there, but there is another supernatural ability that God gave him to say, yes, so God will do it, but if you do this, you could save. That's when that understanding came that, you know what, one-fifth of whatever comes during the time of plenty, let's save it because we know the famine will what? Will come. I feel like that was something that God did, is that he has been able to develop this man. That is no longer about dreams. How many people dream here? Me, I'm a dreamer. How many people? Yeah? Do you, there sometimes you just dream, and you're, for me, it's frustrating. You wake up and say, God, what does he mean? What does he mean? You know, so for me, I want to go from the, you know, from the level of dreaming to the level of interpreting, from the level of interpreting to knowing what to do. You know, there are sometimes I will tell God, okay, so God, now that you have shown me that this person, is it that you want me to pray against it, or you are saying that it will surely happen, so I know what to do? The Lord would help us in Jesus' name. How many people know that it was that same gift that Joseph had? It was that same gift that brought him to the palace. But sometimes you think that, you know, the supernatural lifting could mean I'm going to rewrite my resume. It means I'm going to do this. Some people, it's, that's what it's going to be. But for some people, I want you to pay attention to what God is doing in you. Because at the end of the day, he did not think it was the dream that was going to take him to the palace. When he had a dream, I'm sure he was not thinking that because of the kinds of giftings that God has given me as a dreamer and as an interpreter and all of that, that is what will take me to the palace. I don't think he was thinking that way. But at the end of the day, God said, I am preparing something in you. And what you have on the inside of you is what will take you to the palace. So please, if there's something I want us to pay attention to, is please pay attention to what God is doing in you at this time.
The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the way of the lifter is working in us. It starts from the inside out. It starts from the inside out. Amen. God's lifting must give glory to him and not you. God's lifting must bring glory to him and not you. There are so many songs that we're singing today. We're just talking about glory, the glory of God. We give you glory. You are glorious and worthy to be praised. It is him. You know, it is about God. It's not about you. Amen. In Numbers chapter 21 from verse 4 to 9, the children of Israel, it talks about the children of Israel, you know, they said something. They said, you know, um, God, why would you bring us to this land? Now you've done this to us. Now you are just giving us bread. We don't even like this food that you have been giving us. And they've just been complaining. You've done, done all this nonsense and blah, 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 blah. And then God said, okay, fine. Deal with snakes. So God sent snakes to them, and they said, you know, said dying. Then they realized, that, okay, fine, we've sinned. And then they went back to Moses. Pray to God. And I said, pray to God and tell God to take the snakes away. That was the word they used. He says, pray to God and tell God to take the snakes away. And God said, mm, I'm not taking the snakes away. Put up a pole. Put a serpent on it. When they get beaten, tell them to look up. I thought it was interesting. He said, you begin to look what up. You won't look down again. So many times we are looking around. We are looking down. We are, you know, we are still on this surface. And God is saying, look what, look up. No wonder the psalmist also said, he says, I will lift up my eyes to where? For where comes my help? Look up. Look up. That is what God was trying to tell them in that place. That everything has to be about giving glory to God. Everything has to be about giving glory to God. Hebrews chapter two, um, 12 verse 2, he says, looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith. I, um, my husband was sharing an insight about Luke, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 with me. He said in the Amplified Version, he says, looking away unto Jesus. Looking away. So before you look onto something, there are some other things that you have to look away from. It says looking away onto Jesus. So for me, a serpent is biting you. And I've thought about this so many times. I think I've heard some preaching about it. How can serpent be biting you? The first thing you want to do is, yeah. And you know, he said, you get bitten. The first thing you do is what? Look up. He said, when you look up, you will leave. Amen. Look up. Look up. I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. From where comes my help? My help comes from what? The Lord. You know that song that um, we sang? It says, be magnified, O Lord, for there is nothing you cannot do. It says, O Lord, my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. To be lifted, you need to look up. To lift Jesus up. In fact, he said, he said if I be lifted up. If I be lifted up. Are you afflicted? Look up. Are you in a pit? Look up. Do you need deliverance? Look up. It was so interesting, um, the story of um, Rachel in Genesis chapter 30, verse 1. Rachel didn't have a child, and he went to the husband and said, give me child. Give me child or I die. And the husband said, am I God? Am I God that closed your womb? I thought that was painful, but oh well, that's okay. You know, but really, am I God? You know, the Yorubas have the, that saying, Allah, Allah, right? It's God that does it. 
Amen. In verse 14 of that same verse, after a while, she said, asking, please, can you give me mandrakes? And I started learning about mandrakes. That mandrakes is something that maybe people eat for fruitfulness, actually. So for her, and mandrakes, they are very hard to find, and they are very hard to get. So, you know, somebody getting mandrakes, and then all of a sudden, you're not like, oh, you have mandrakes, please give me. And even in the midst of giving the mandrakes, she gave away something that is also priceless, a night with her husband. It is well. Thank God, for, thank God for grace for her. Anyways, God the lifter is also an expert at hopeless situations. Hopeless situations. It's so, it's, for me, that part gets me. It's like, God, where were you when the army died in Ezekiel chapter 37? The army died. They were decaying. Nothing. Then, finally, no more flesh. Nothing. Then the bone was there. You know, there's fresh bone. No. You know, say until it became what? Very dry. Then the word of the Lord came. And I'm like, what's happening? Why? But honestly, it is to show us that sometimes, you know, sometimes we look at our situations and we actually, we are the ones that say, this situation is very dry. We are the ones who, it's not that, because, you know, that's why God was asking Ezekiel to see, how do you judge this situation? Can these bones live again? How are you judging that situation? Can these bones live again? Because to him, behold, that is, I see, they were very dry. So that's why he answered with, you know, with wisdom. It's only you. Only you can answer this question. Only you. So I don't know what that situation is that looks very dry. My Sunday school teacher this morning said something. He said, God is woven in the fabric of hopelessness. I thought that was profound. God is woven in the fabric of hopelessness, which means that he's an expert. You know when you call somebody an expert, it means situations that look like, okay, nothing, nothing. That is why Psalm 3, verse 2, he says that well, there is no help. He said they look at it, they, there is no help for you in God. That is, this one, nothing will happen again. All the things that could have happened, it has passed. <laughs> So God is woven in the fabric of hopelessness. He's an expert. We call in experts in situations where we feel like, you know, generalists cannot handle. God is woven in the fabric of hopelessness. He is able to talk to very dry bones. And he takes it from process to process, from the inside out. He will walk on it, bone to bone. Sinews. I learned about sinews. Sinews is strength. Sinews power. He says, bone to bone together, and then he gave them power. He gave them strength. He gave them binding force. He gave them muscles. He gave them skin, and then breath. God can. God can. You know, it was so interesting. In the middle of this, I got to learn something about Regina. Now, this was by accident. I was doing in-land acknowledgement for a presentation. And then, you know, so I was doing, you know, I'm not sure how many people do land acknowledgement at work where you do this, you know, um, you know, native and all of that. So, yeah, so I was doing land acknowledgement for this presentation. And then I was trying to see, you know, Treaty 4, Regina is Treaty 4. And I was learning about Regina. And he was talking about how Regina, at some point, the name of Regina is called Pile of Bones. <laughs> pile of bones. I was like, what? 
It's like that is actually the name, or Scanner was the name of Regina before, and it means pile of bones. Why? It was the place where they will pile up the bones of the bisons when they are killed. And they were mounting it up to make a big hill, and then they were making it as a place that they will call out to the animal spirit. And then a guy that, you know, that has that had a land around it, he now said, I want to buy the land. And then to, be, to cut the long story short, they cleared the pile of bones away. But the land that you are in t- today, I feel like can be likened to where God took Ezekiel and he said, this is the land of what? A valley of what? Dry bones. I'm hoping that will charge some people to pray. I'm hoping that will charge some people to pray. There are two ways to pray the prayer. Number one, Father, May I not be counted among the pile of bones. That in this land, I will not be a pile of bone. That I will not be dry. That whatever is on this land that is making people dry, that is making people not, you know, that it will not cling on me. That in this land, I will not be a pile of bone. I will not be part of it. It will also make you think about Regina and say, Father, we break every yoke of dryness. In the land of Regina, I'm hoping somebody is going to join me in praying this prayer. That we break the yoke of dryness in the land of Regina. That the spirit of the Lord, the breath of God will flow upon the land of Regina. In the name of Jesus, that the land will grow. That the land will come up again. A great army. In the name of Jesus. Because that is what you did in the valley of dry bones. That bone will come to bone. That flesh will come. Strength will come. There will be binding force. And there will be no more dryness. But that indeed there will rise from the land of Regina. A great army. In the name of Jesus. I will not be dry. In this land of Regina, I do not care what has happened. I do not care what is causing people to fall. I do not care what is drying up armies. I do not care what is happening. But in this land, we pray and we decree that a great army will rise and it will include us in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. There's also a story of hope in that. And the hope is that this same land of Regina... This same land of Regina that used to be called Pile of Bones is where God has established the capital. It is the same place now that owns, just like our, um, the videos talked about, that now owns 220-something thousand people. It was a condemned land that was for Pile of Bones, but now it is a queen city. Amen. So there is hope, and that is the God that we serve, the God that is able to make something out of nothing. Hallelujah. Finally, God will only lift the people that are surrendered. The way of the lifter is the way of surrender. At the beginning, I said it. I said, you know, when you lift up hands, it's an act of surrender. The way of the lifter is it's a way of, of surrender. I, when I was in university, I decided to learn how to swim. And when they were talking about it, you know, for me, I was just excited. You know, you wear your bathing suit, and you're excited about your bathing suit. And then they want to teach you how to, you know, to swim. And they were talking. I don't think I was paying much attention to all the things they were saying, but I was just excited about the class. But he said something. He said, you know, when you're about to drown and you need help, you need to, you know, kind of 
um, you know, let us know. And the way to let us know is, you know, after you flap for a little bit and you see us coming, immediately you see us coming to you, just stay still because if you keep struggling, you will pull both of us down. So don't struggle, so just stay. Uh, no, many classes went and I was doing well. Then one day I said, okay, the shallow area is not enough for me. Let me venture. So <laughs> I was just trying to see if I've grown, you know. Uh, you can't just stay in one place. But anyway, so I wanted to grow and then I went to the deep side somehow, somehow. And lo and behold, I was drowning. Like, honestly, that thing is scary. I was drowning and I was just flapping, flapping, flapping. And then the guy came and I was still flapping, flapping. And I noticed that as, as I was flapping, he was just moving back. I was like, yeah. So, so for me, that was when what he said came to mind. So I was like, <laughs> so I stayed, and then he came, and then he lifted me up. Honestly, there is something about surrender. There is something so powerful about surrender. It's like, God, I will no longer try to lean on my own understanding. In this situation, I'm going to acknowledge you, and I'm just going to let you lead me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I am praying for someone where you've tried so many things. You've tried so many things. People have given you suggestions. People have told you that this is the way to do it. You've tried so many things, and you didn't know what to do. But I'm praying that today, God will give you that grace to just surrender. In the name of Jesus, that you will no longer, you will suspend your understanding. You will suspend your understanding and you will just lean on God. In the name of Jesus. And as you lean on him, he will direct your path. In Jesus' name. You know, it's hard to, to be in that place of, I will not do anything until God says. You know, um... In Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 to 22, it says Jesus was, lay, I mean, I said Jesus, God was leading the people of Israelites, you know, with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Something happened in, um, okay, let me just read that place. It says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and by night. And, you know, and it continues on there. But if you go to Exodus chapter 40, from verse 36 to 37, there was something that he said there. Exodus 40, 36 to 37. Exodus 40, 36 to 37. It says, and when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journey. Verse 37. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. That is, you will not go until God says so. It's hard, though. You will not go until <laughs> you come out today and say, okay, today I'm about to go, and then you see cloud. Oh, I can't go. You come again. You say, until the day that the cloud is taken up, I will not set out. There are so many decisions that we are making today, and we are making it even though there is cloud. We can't see clearly. There is no clarity, but we are setting out. God has not given you the word to. We are going. What I'm learning from this, number one, is that waiting for God to lift you, waiting for his direction, 
that is what is called supernatural. It's no longer natural ability. It's not about natural understanding. It is now supernatural. I want us to rise on our feet. God lifts us out of the miry clay. He sets our feet on a rock. And he gives us a firm place to stand. Now, there are a few things I want us to pray. Maybe there are some of us here and you are in a place where you are clouded. I want you to pray. Father, I don't understand the next steps to take. Lord, I'm praying concerning every cloud, every veil, covering my eyes that is not allowing me to see. Lord, please let there be a lifting. Supernatural lifting is not just about you. It's also about God lifting some things away. God is able to lift clouds. That is what he did for the Israelites. He lifted the clouds so that they were able to move forward. I want you to just pray to the Almighty God that, Lord, I see cloud. I see, I see that I don't have clarity about the next step to take. Father, take away every cloud. Take away every cloud. Take away every cloud in the name of Jesus or maybe you are like David and you are trusting God you are trusting God for deliverance you are trusting God for direction you are trusting God for vindication why don't you cry unto him and say father lift away this burden lift away this burden lift away this problem in the name of Jesus lift up my head oh God lift up my head oh God if you are asking God for help why don't you ask him today that father Father, the lifting that I need is in the place of you helping me in the name of Jesus. Father, that you will lift, that you will lift me up, that you will lift me up. Help me. Take me out of the miry clay. Take me out of the miry clay. Are you struggling with sin? Are you struggling with sin? Are you struggling with sin? Why don't you cry unto God and say, Father, lift me up. Lift me up. Lift me out of this miry clay. Lift me up. Lift me up out of this sinking sand in the name of Jesus we hope you were blessed by that teaching for further inquiries please visit our website www.rccgppp.org you can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at RCCGPPPSK, on Instagram and Twitter at RCCGPPP. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.